0: Welcome to will Write for Wine, a podcast about wine, writing, and song, but mostly wine and writing, with your hosts, Samantha Graves and Lonnie Diane Rich. Take it away, girls.
1: Thank, Thank you, Wanda. Wanda. Welcome to will Write for Wine. This is Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Samantha Graves.
2: We're here to talk to you about wine and writing.
1: Yes, today's episode is on craft, feedback, and critiques.
2: Mm. <laughs> We've been getting lots and lots of questions about this recently. Yeah, I
1: don't know what's going on. If somebody's got like a uh, somebody's been talking about it, it's just kind of in the general atmosphere out there. But anyway, we decided to do a topic on it. We thought it was a topic whose time had come. Yes. So uh, we live to serve. <laughs> <laughs> to serve your wine. humble <laughs> servants. Exactly.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll get to that, the feedback part later on the program. Yes. But first, we the have serving wine. serving wine's happening now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lottie, what are you drinking tonight?
1: All right, well, tonight I'm having a 2005 Di Magio Norante Sangiovese, mm. dig me, I, I looked up how to pronounce it before the show, <laughs> on, from Italy, <laughs> and I'm sure any Italians out there are like, oh, Lord. Um, oh, wait, I lost my space. Okay, okay wait. <laughs> <laughs> I've already screwed it up. We're not even into the A block yet. Okay, uh, I'm having, oh, I'm drinking a red wine from Italy, which yeah. makes me automatically cultured, so yes. dig me. It's $10 a bottle, so my culture (laughs) comes cheap, and it's uh, 12.5% alcohol, so it's nice and, you know, right in the the normal range. Um, The wine notes from winelibrary.com, the 2005 Sangiovese IGT, I'm assuming it's the same, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it had the same bottle on (laughs) the thing. I don't know what the IGT stands for. I don't think it says IGT.
2: It, I it see nothing probably should, I should in, it. like, little letters. I don't, it's, it's
1: probably on there somewhere, yeah, and I just didn't
2: get yeah. it. anyway, Or it's spelled it's, out. I'm already <laughs> screwing <laughs> this up so badly. We've hardly even started.
1: Anyway, uh, offers an amazing display of strawberry and black cherry fruit intermixed mm. with floral, new saddle leather, and earth notes. Ew. Aged in large wood Foudre's. Oh, shoot. Didn't look that up. I have no idea what that, what that word is or how to pronounce it. Um, it is a stunning example of a Sangiovese that should drink well for two to three years. Mm. This wine represents incredible value for the money. Cool. So my notes are saddle leather.
2: New, new
1: saddle leather. <laughs> new saddle leather. Apparently, it's not enough to taste like just plain leather. Oh, no. My wine has to taste like leather that has had ass on it. <laughs> That's said i like it it's nummy oh good <laughs> it is it's really fruity and fun and i'll tell you something it goes fabulous with chocolate of all kinds especially mm-hmm. brownies hmm. or in a pinch oreos now i'm i'm serious <laughs> oreos don't dunk them or anything because that's just gross nobody wants little bits of oreo cookie in their mm-hmm. wine but <laughs> but if you alternate bites of oreo with a sangiovese it, it ain't bad <laughs> so do i still count as cultured <laughs> Did I lose all my culture points with that? Anyway, my will write for wine rating is um, it was four glasses, but it's just so good. I'm gonna give it four point five. I know I'm not supposed to give out a five unless the wine changes my life, but I'm trying to hold back. But it's really for good. One week, the bar
2: was lower. One week. No, I
1: I'm stopping at four point five. I'm I'm proud of me. It's a twelve step program, Sam. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, my
2: well-read for wine rating is 4.5 glasses. Sam, what are you drinking tonight? Well, I'm still trying to get new saddle leather. <laughs> <What the> hell? <laughs> I, I don't get it. Aren't they trying to make their wine sound good? You know, I, I, maybe I I'm missing the so. point of wine notes. I don't well, know. Well, these people obviously loved it. Mm-hmm. I
1: mean, this was supposed to be new saddle leather, apparently... Is flattering. Apparently,
2: yeah. Apparently, that's that's what as, you want. As opposed, is the new I suppose, leather. to old saddle leather, which would be just disgusting. If it's or new, just maybe it just means leather. nobody sat on it yet.
1: You know what I mean? That's what so it as yet to host ass. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and hopefully it has not been put on the horse either, so. <laughs> I don't know. I don't oh, understand. God. Okay, well, tonight <laughs> I am drinking a 2004...
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Baragas, Ooh. Juan. Gil Jumeli. Red wine. From Spain.
1: Yay! Another Yay. Spanish wine. You I, really like those Spanish wines. I
2: do. I've kind of You been need to go them. to Spain. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? I know. Spain and Italy. We could both oh, go. Oh, And be then really we could fun. ask them be like, What's up with the saddle Well <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a hundred per a hundred percent uh monastrale. Uh, okay. grapes, which I have oh. never tried, and I really like them. They're very, very good. It ah. is uh, 14% alcohol, mm-hmm. $16 a bottle, yeah. mm-hmm. and the wine notes are, it is a wine with rich color, abundant mm-hmm. ripe fruit flavors, and a long, spicy, well-balanced finish. Hmm. Now, doesn't that make you think, hmm, I'd like to try this wine? It really does. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to, say, drinking something that tastes like someone's butt
1: oh no uh, correction the leather under someone's butt
2: (laughs) anyway my notes are it's very good i Mm -hmm. like it and it does not have that new saddle leather smell so i'm (laughs) glad for that yeah one of them's got to come out with new car smell (laughs) so i'm going to give it four glasses Ooh, very good. Yeah, All yeah. right. <laughs>
1: well, now that we know what we're drinking, and I've completely lost whatever culture points I might have had, we need to talk about who we love this week. Time for shout-outs, shout-offs, and announcements. Yes.
2: Well, my shout-out is to the paving company for doing our driveway. Yay! Yay! I've been waiting 12 years to get our driveway paved <laughs> because oh, it's wow. not a mm-hmm. small driveway. We no, can pretty much play full-court basketball on it. Mm -hmm. and tomorrow we can drive on it I'm so excited I can't believe I'm so (laughs) excited about blacktop
1: I'm gonna have to come down and visit you and park there just so I can be like look I'm on your driveway (laughs) that's so sad such such geeks going out and being like look I've got the driveway (laughs) like you know you've hit middle age when that's the big excitement you know oh yeah (laughs) like we got our well fixed last summer and I was like yay you know (laughs) the best thing that has happened to me that whole week. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, congratulations on your drive, Thank you. Thank uh, you. My shout-out goes to Dawn, mm-hmm. who wrote in to tell us that Mr. Dawn has seen the light. <laughs> Get it? Dawn? Light? <laughs> See, I'm, I'm funny that way. Anyway, and now respects her creative privacy. For Yay. those of you who don't remember or didn't listen to that podcast, Dawn wrote in and said that her husband had, like, broken into her laptop and was reading her <laughs> stuff and then got all... All pissy because she put a password on her on her uh, her writing, yeah. <laughs> and so we we kind of you know I think we were pretty nice about uh, it. You, you you know we put him in you, his place. Yeah,
2: you put him in his place. <laughs> I was just like, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, because like, you were, like, on a roll. I'm like, oh,
1: <laughs> Please don't, don't sue know. us, Mr. Don. Please don't sue us. <laughs> I know, you always worry about people, like, getting mad and upset. And I'm like, you know yeah. what, whatever. If you're going to get upset, get upset. Life's short. <laughs> anyway, Mr. Don took it with um, incredible uh, grace. grace and, mm-hmm. you know, was was very good and, um, yes. and handled it well, so <laughs> I have to say, he's obviously a very <laughs> gracious man, because if I wrote a letter in to a radio show that made the host mock fish... he would kill me dead (laughs) I called uh what did I call I called car talk once you know car talk NPR the two guys Mm -hmm. who do the radio show and everything so one year for our anniversary my gift to him was going on car talk and pretty much just saying I'm I'm a backseat driver I was you know admitting on national radio that I was a backseat driver (laughs) and even that embarrassed him (laughs) (laughs) but anyway yay Uh, mr dawn for being so enlightened Thank you really really. also dawn wrote a version of our scene from last week and that was so cool i I know (laughs) i threw that suggestion in off the top of my head and didn't think anybody would actually do it and she did and it was so much fun to read yes so thank you dawn and good luck with
2: your writing definitely definitely Okay, well, that covers us for shout-outs and shout-offs. We'll be back in a minute.
0: At Will Write for Wine, we take our civic responsibility very seriously. We don't want anyone getting into any trouble just because we made drinking wine look cool. So we'd like to make the following statements. We are cool. We just have to be drinking wine while being cool. It's not the wine that's cool. It's us. And you, of course, because you listen to us. And you're obviously in the top 1% of cool. So you should be happy about that. And that's it. That covers it. But the public service announcement is scheduled for a full minute, so underage people get a Pepsi. No soup for you. And if you're planning on driving tonight, put the glass down. Not worth it. Also, never pluck your eyebrows when you've been drinking. That's a handy piece of advice. Oh, and if you put a bottle of Chardonnay in the freezer to chill it quickly, set a timer. A loud timer. Trust us, the last thing you want is a bottle of Chardonnay exploding all over your veggies. And if you're over the age of 35, no drinking games. You're going to have to trust us on that one. Okay? Okay. That's it. Times up. Just remember, it's not the wine that's cool; it's you.
2: And we're back. I'm Samantha Graves, and I'm Lonnie Diane Rich, and this is Will Right for Wine. <laughs> <laughs> listen, uh, listen. What? listen.
1: <laughs> that's okay. Just keep going. I always
2: do. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> we're just—I don't know what it is about tonight. You know, well, you know what? I spent today like. I did a hundred pages today on revisions. So my eyes are like all blurry. And (laughs) and I've already got a 14 point font. I mean, (laughs) if I put it any higher, (laughs) (laughs) I'll just get a billboard.
1: (laughs) Oh, I know. Okay. That's a lot of work. That is a lot of work to do today. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. So anyway, (laughs) it's time for our listener question. There we go. This week's question comes from Ruth, who asks, I'm working on a romantic suspense. I've received critiques via contests and face-to-face with individuals and groups. My manuscript gives equal billing to both hero and heroine, but many of my non-romance writers' feedback and workshops are confused by this, trying to focus on one or the other as a protagonist. I did not have this problem with romance writers. I know I've read romance novels with the majority share Toward the heroine and plenty with fifty-fifty, less with the hero giving the lion share. Mm-hmm. Given the lion share, um, I've not been able to write one with the hero taking a back seat. What do you think? Hmm. Well, you know,
1: I'm not going to get into my opinions on contest critiques until later, <laughs> so we'll just leave that for now. <laughs> Let's just address kind of the big issue here. First of all, yeah. when you're talking about your uh, your non-romance writer's feedback it sounds to me like these are not your reader, like they don't understand your book, mm-hmm. they don't understand your writing so the feedback that they give you, it's not that they're you know, not perfectly smart, wonderful people with great taste, it's just that they may not be your reader, you know, mm-hmm. and that's something we'll talk about a little bit more when we go into the, the critique uh, section, the C block, but um, but so it sounds to me like your romance writer readers <laughs> say that fast five times um, aren't, aren't <laughs> having as much of a problem with it, so it, it seems to me like it's, it's a romance thing and so a lot of people, um, some people who don't understand romance may not may not get that. So that may be the difference there. But anyway, basically here's how here's how I see it. In a romance, you have two protagonists, the guy and the girl. Um, I don't see any reason why you can't do it equally, honestly. Uh, but I think there's always kind of one story that takes prominence. I think one character will change more drastically than the other. And then it becomes that person's story. Um, I don't see why this can't be the guy. In the comeback kiss, it's definitely you know, Finn's story. Uh, Tessa has more at stake in in that there's the potential that her sister might be you know, taken away from her. And there's the evil social worker and all that. But uh, Finn is the one, I think, who changes fundamentally over the course of the book. I haven't deconstructed the book and counted all the scenes or anything. But uh, I would bet that Finn gets more, you know, page time than than Tessa. Although Tessa's in it a lot, obviously, as well. I mean, it's, it's very, very close. I think, it's you know, by a hair, it's Finn's story. And it's more about Finn. And Finn is the, the more prominent protagonist in that story than, than Tessa. But, they're you know, it's both their books, though, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, keep listening. Because later in the podcast, we're going to talk a lot about contest critiques. And I think that that discussion will shed a little more light on this situation for you as well, Ruth so mm-hmm.
2: thank you and uh, I agree that one character usually owns the book mm-hmm. they're the one who uh, makes the greatest metamorphosis mm-hmm. and and I've had you know, pretty much 50 50 with my books and whether it's the guy or the girl right mm-hmm. yep however uh, both characters in a romance need to be equally developed yes they both must change mm-hmm. it's just that generally one of them makes more of a change than the other right. that doesn't mean they both they don't both have equal billing mm-hmm. though at least in a romance mm-hmm. and I think that's an issue that uh that you're having non-romance novels do not hold to that notion mm-hmm. so it's not your writing your writing is fine it's your it's your readers It's your critiquers <laughs> yes, if you and can always in, blame the reader <laughs> well no it's it's just that they're not your oh, readers I'm just they're not yes, you know, exactly yeah, okay
1: I'm joking you know what I'm saying
2: I'm kidding yeah now if you want to continue mm-hmm. using them that's fine because I'm sure they're wonderful just be sure to tell them to concentrate on the suspense part and not the romance mm-hmm. so they can critique the suspense part for you hmm So, uh, okay. I guess that's it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, thanks a lot, Ruth. To get your question on the show, email us at feedback at willwriteforwine.com. Now for this week's We Recommend segment. Yay. I love this part.
1: (laughs) Each week we recommend something, music, books, movies, TV shows, websites, whatever, that we love so we can share them with you.
2: Right. And this week I'm recommending a website called wineopeners.com. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Not only do they have super cool wine openers, but they have gift packs like mm-hmm. toolkits for wine drinkers mm-hmm. and wine picnic bags and even wedding gift favors. Yeah. So it's actually like a wholesaler, you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you can order like multiples and you can have them personalized mm-hmm. and everything. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not yet ordered from them, so mm-hmm. I can't vouch for their customer service or their ordering, their delivery and all that. But, um, but I will be ordering from them soon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're so cool i went to the website right before the show and i was like oh my god
2: i know and they're very nice there. stuff i know oh, very nice know. stuff so i know someday someday yeah, i'll have you know, one of those Christmas. one
1: of those big kits <laughs> we're looking at these they have these huge kits with like all these tools and i mean it looks like a surgeon's bag you know <laughs> <laughs> it's like You can open your wine, or you can give an appendectomy out in the field. I mean, it's just like, it's insane, all the stuff you can do with that. But it's a very, very cool-looking place.
2: Yeah, and, and it- I mean, you, and you can order a whole bunch of them. You could get all your Christmas shopping done at once. Oh, you totally could.
1: <laughs> you totally could. Personalized corkscrews for everybody.
2: That's right.
1: How cool is that? <laughs> it is very, very cool. I love it. This week, I'm recommending the Wii. <laughs> Yay! It's sometimes just fun to say that. The Wii! Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think pretty much everyone knows what a Wii is, but for those of you who remain unsullied by popular culture, and hey, good for you, um, it's a game <laughs> console where you physically move to move your character. So for bowling, you're actually doing like the movements of bowling just in your living room and in your own shoes. Bonus! <laughs> um, I've been kind of waiting to hear on a proposal that's out there, and that causes, you know, a little stress. Um Because it's unwise to sit around drinking wine all day, although, man, wouldn't it be great if we could? Um, Another great way to relieve stress is to move. But I'm not a big fan of exercise for exercise's sake. So lately I've been playing the Wii. (laughs) The kids are at school and I'm like bowling. Um, If you're mad at someone, you can box. If you feel like hopping around a bit, you can play tennis. If you feel like moving almost not at all, you can play golf. But it's really fun and a good way to work out some tension. I mean, you're not going to build up a huge sweat unless you're like, you know, the boxing, I think, is probably the biggest, you know, movement. Mm -hmm. You might get like a sheen. On your forehead. I mean, it's not like running, you know, a marathon or anything. But, you know, it gets you moving. It gets your muscles moving. And it kind of takes... It's a good way to, like, kind of get rid of stress. It's like that kind of movement, you know. Um, And plus, when you consider the average cost of um, game consoles, it's really not that bad. Coming in about Mm -hmm. $250. And the sports games with the tennis and the bowling and whatnot comes with that package. Oh, nice. Um, So, plus, I hear they're coming out with a Wii Fitness thing that has this little platform that you can use to do step aerobics and Tai Chi. And it also weighs you, which...
2: You know, oh. I probably won't be using that part. What the heck do you do? Stand on the. You little stand Wii thing? on it.
1: You stand on it like a scale, and it tells you like your body mass index. But then, like when you when you have a Wii, they have what they're called Mees. You know, Wii is spelled W-I-I. If you go to W-I-I mm-hmm. .com, you'll you'll see it. But they have Mees, which is like your little Wii U. You know, like the little kind of character, the cartoon character that you make, can make look like you. You know, so everybody's got one. So actually, whenever I bowl. There's, like, you know, we'll see sweetness and light in the back, jumping up and down and cheering me on. You know, like, the hub Random people from all the me's that are in your family will be, like, in the background. It's very, very cute.
2: I'm making myself thin and tall. <laughs> thin and tall. I know. So, it's... But, I mean,
1: like, basically... 20 years younger. Oh right. I know. And with boobs, all that No, I'm sorry. Anyway, so... Anyway, um the um the platform you stand on it and it has like the picture of your little me there and it like does uh-huh. body mass index. And it's, uh-huh. like, it's not out yet. I've just seen, like, you know, preview <laughs> videos of it because it's fascinating. And Fish was, like, as soon as he heard about it, he's like, we're absolutely getting this. We'll all, like, get fit together. And he's like, you know, because it tracks everything in the oh, in man. the console. So, oh. you know, you, you really kind of have to face your own personal, like, No way. I'm just going to tell demons. it that I'm 5'10". <laughs> ah, you know But when you get on the thing, it, like, weighs you. And it has your height and everything. So it tells you I your know. body mass so I'll index. I will
2: tell it's 5'10". You're go- <laughs> Five nine. I am six and a
1: half feet tall and the perfect weight for that. (laughs) I'm a supermodel at six and a half feet tall. (laughs) Oh god. Nothing like a little denial to get you through the day, I'm telling you.
2: That's right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Well I think we could use some more wine. (laughs) Right. So we'll be back in a flash.
0: A sexy international art thief with a license to steal and a past she can't escape. An ex-cop with a murder to avenge and nothing left to lose. A calculating killer launches a deadly game. From the heat of Havana to the streets of New York City, the race for justice is on. Sight Unseen by Samantha Graves, now available at a store near you.
1: Thanks for coming back with us. I'm Lonnie Diane Rich,
2: and I'm Samantha Graves,
1: and this is We'll Write for Wine. Yeah, so I'm just trying to inject that enthusiasm. Tonight's been kind of one of those nights where we screwed everything up so We're, far.
2: Yeah, a little sluggish tonight. A little I know. slow on the
1: yeah. A little a slow little, on the uptake today. Yeah, yeah, a little, a little, a little bit. Little too much revision for you. A little too much yeah. wee bowling for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's tiring. My right Did arm you win? is very tired. Oh yeah, no, I'm a pro. The, <laughs> got these levels in the week Uh where if you bowl like a certain amount I mean, trust me, you have to bowl a lot to get there. You hit like pro (laughs) level and then the ball, your little wee ball is all like got stars on it and stuff. And if you if you start bowling poorly then this, they they take that pro status away, and your ball will lose the stars, and that happened to me. I stopped playing for a really oh. long time. Then I came back and played a couple games, and I of course sucked, you know, because yeah. I lost my edge. <laughs> you yeah. know? if you don't stick with that wee bowling, I'm telling you, it takes discipline. <laughs> so I came back. You got back up to it, like right. the gold
2: and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a exactly like the gold card at Kohl's. Yeah, it's <laughs> a whole new level of
1: shopping. But anyway, yes. Yeah, so I've been uh, I've been wee bowling, and it does uh, actually. They had because um, we came out um, last Christmas, and a whole bunch of people were going to the hospital with, like wee injuries. <laughs> because if you're not careful, I mean, you can really like if you get into it, yeah. you can hurt yourself because or not... somebody else, yeah. Oh yeah. no, you can or the cat. You or the, oh yeah. you can. I've stepped yeah. on the cat once or twice. Oh. <laughs> she doesn't hang out when I'm playing the we anymore. <laughs> you know, be like I am bowling. I am playing tennis. Can't you see that I am a very Uh, active person here? mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, tonight's show is all about feedback and critiques. There's no easy way to segue back into that, so I'm just going for it. Okay. (laughs) Yes, the good, the bad, and the ugly. The -hmm. thing is, if you really want to be a good writer, you can't do it without learning how to do critiques, Mm -hmm. both how to give them and how to take them.
2: Absolutely. So uh, we didn't really script this. <laughs> Are you i just want to, to make that, that clear <laughs>
1: because so if I- we sound like more idiots than usual <laughs> then there's the reason yes i'm sorry but i sound stupid whether i scripted or not so i just said screw it <laughs> i'm going in blind <laughs> you just hate that this isn't scripted don't you <laughs> i know I, I know, asked her before the, like the thing. I'm like, "Are you okay
2: if it's not scripted?" She's like,
1: "Yeah."
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I was in the middle of revision, so I'm like, "I don't care. I just I don't know. care. I want to get it done." <laughs> Poor thing. But now I'm looking at. I'm like, "Okay, we've got five lines here to work with." And for we've the done next this before. before.
1: We can okay. talk for hours about this. It's gonna be another like uh, hour and twenty minutes show. <laughs> oh, I can. Talk.
2: <laughs> you can go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh huh, uh huh, for hours. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, so the first question is, if they're going to hurt, why do them? (laughs) Why do your teeth? You know, it's sort of like going to the dentist to have your teeth cleaned. Mm -hmm. You got to do it. It hurts, but you have to do it. If you want clean teeth. (laughs) Terrible and horrible, (laughs) but you have to do it. Yeah, I mean, basically,
1: the the whole thing with critiquing is that you are so involved in your story that you cannot see it clearly. Yes. You know, you can't look at it objectively. And so you need somebody else to look at it objectively for you. And I mean, that is basically the nuts and bolts of critiques.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: why, why you put yourself through that L. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: It really helps to have another set of eyes, mm-hmm. take a look at it. Because like you said, you know, well, well the thing is, especially when I start the story, yes. I actually know everything that's gonna happen as far as my characters and what right. they're gonna go through and how they're <laughs> gonna grow and all the all the plot details uh-huh. and everything. Who your villain is who my villain you're is You're so organized. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so but what's hard, especially when you're running suspense, is mm-hmm. that you don't give those clues out before mm-hmm. they they come out. Right. You know, because mm-hmm. so if your heroine starts using somebody's name and that name actually hasn't doesn't come out until the next chapter Right. then you have a problem. That's Stuff like of that. That's the thing
1: you want people to catch. And exactly. also that there are things that, um, because you've got all this backstory, there are things that you know mm-hmm. that the reader doesn't know, and vice versa. There's things that you know that's in the book That the reader doesn't need to know (laughs) like the hardest thing to do is to keep the reader on a true need-to-know basis Mm -hmm. which is that you know so many people go in and the first thing is like you know Susanna was born on a farm in Kentucky in 1972 and they like (laughs) give the entire backstory (laughs) of her whole life no action no conflict Mm -hmm. nothing going on we're just learning all about darling Susanna and yeah. what happened with the pony when she was eight, you know? <laughs> and so these are all things that are important for you as a writer to know. But as yes. a reader, I can go in and be like, your story doesn't start until page 35 or whatever, which I've said before. And yes, it does, you know, <laughs> people don't like to hear that. hmm <laughs> the miraculous kill the first three chapters. Which is yeah, like because a lot of that said. is just
2: exploration.
1: It is. It's just, and it's stuff that's very things important. That you have stuff to that know, you need but, to know, but the reader doesn't need to know that. And so it's right. very hard, especially in an opening scene. Oh my goodness. If you get nothing else critique, get your opening scene torn yes. apart. Because the opening scene is the setup for everything. And you have to set up your character. You've just set up the conflict. Um, you have to set up, you know, the, the basis of the story, the setting, mm-hmm. everything. And there's so much information that you think, you know in your head, and you know it's relevant, but does the reader need to know it? Or, on the other hand, one of the things that I'm guilty of a lot is <laughs> I'm better at this than... I'm actually kind of erring in the other direction where I'm talking too much, but I will I would go right into a story, and I wouldn't explain anything. <laughs> People would be like, what's going on? You know, and they have no idea. So, I mean, it's a, it's a real great but way of getting a gauge for how well your reader is going to be able to plant her mm-hmm. feet on the ground of your story, and you need yes. an
2: objective person to look at that. Right. And I can tell you from experience that opening scene can mm-hmm. sell your book. Yes. Or not sell your book. Yes. I mean, because it is a lot of cared. times, you mm-hmm. know, an editor will read, they'll give you the first 5 pages. Mm-hmm. If you don't have them by then, mm-hmm. mm, you know, it's just tough. It's it is. just tough. And a reader <laughs> may not even give you that much. The yeah. reader will give
1: you the first page, opening yeah. line, you know, and so I mean the opening scene is so, so, so hard. And even your biggest New York Times, best selling, genius people struggle with that opening scene. I mean, mm-hmm. it is nothing it is nothing unusual at all. So I mean you you're it's, it's not a sign of weakness if you need help, Mm-mm. that you need a critique. Everybody needs it. So um, yes. I, they're just invaluable. Yes, Totally invaluable. Mm-hmm. All so, right. So the right. next thing, unless do you have any more points to make? I don't I know. Don't I don't have so. a script I can't tell because me, I don't so. have a
2: script. <laughs> hmm. She's so going to kick my ass.
1: Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so where, where do you find uh, critiquers and critique groups? Mm-hmm. You oh, it. well, um, <laughs> you don't have to answer it. I'll answer it.
2: This is what happens when you don't have a script box. Oh, um, you, you, you basically have to kind of build your posse. Mhm. Mm-hmm. It takes a little while to build your posse. It took me nine years. Yeah. To find the perfect mix
1: mm-hmm.
2: of beta readers, critiquers, mm-hmm. you know, you know, all of that, agent, right. all those things, mm-hmm. um. And it and sometimes it does take time. Now you mm-hmm. can look, um, you know, RWA or you know Mystery Writers of America, mm-hmm. Science Fiction Writers of America. Look for your local or mm-hmm. online writers groups. Mm-hmm. A lot of those larger organizations will have smaller chapters, or mm-hmm. they will have their own, you know, larger critique areas and everything that you can sign up for yeah
1: and every chapter i mean every chapter that i've been in has some sort of critique function i mean right. it's kind of a, a standby for for most writers groups um mm-hmm. you know so i mean that's a, a great place to find critiquers and the, and the thing is that you you really have to be it's it's very hard my advice has always been and i still stand by this and you can tell me if i'm full of crap or not sam but um my thing <laughs> is that first you critique with everybody. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like college. Yes. You're sampling all the wares. You know, mm-hmm. you're going around, you're dating, you're playing the field. You know, mm-hmm. and then as time goes by, you get the people who give you the most solid feedback for what it is that, that you yes. need the for people your book. Who get, what who you understand write. you exactly? Like yes. me and Sam, we do not mm-hmm. write the same thing. She not writes, at all, not even close, <laughs> not even close. I
2: know.
1: <laughs> and yet, she gets me. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I understand her stuff. And so we can mm-hmm. critique each other's books because we understand that storytelling. We understand the kind of storytelling. So it doesn't have to be somebody who writes necessarily what you write. And as a matter of fact, I think yeah. it can be beneficial if it's somebody who doesn't write what you write.
2: Because It does help to be in the same genre, though. Mm-hmm. Because the requirements what you need, the essentials for the, yeah, for like that particular Ruth, with, market. With her.
1: Yeah, the, yeah. If you're, if you're writing romance, you want somebody who gets romance. You want somebody right. who gets writing, what you read.
2: Exactly. If you're you writing, writing straight mystery, mm-hmm. you know, if you're writing straight science fiction, mm-hmm. you know, you have to, you have to really work within that, that, that genre. Cause that, I mean, the whole point of critique is to make you a better writer, but it's right. also to help you sell your book. Yeah and, you know, and your, it, yeah. yeah, and understand that market, and
1: understand your genre. And I think you need—I don't—I don't know if I'd agree that you need somebody who writes that or that has. Mm-hmm. But I think that it needs to be somebody who understands it. So, like, yes, you know, where exactly. Ruth was dealing with these people who didn't understand, they're like, "Oh my goodness, there's two protagonists. What
2: are we going to do? Our heads are exploding, ah! brains on the wall." <laughs> you know, expectation—that's
1: a drama of what, yeah. of what it's Ruth got a... went through.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's an expectation when mm-hmm. somebody critiques your book of mm-hmm. what it's going to be. So it's important to get the uh, person who who has the right expectations, right? Who knows
1: who knows what knows what it is that you're doing. So I mean, that's yes, exactly. that's an important thing. Mm-hmm. So um, okay, let's talk about uh, contest critiques. Do you want me to take this one <laughs> since you're going to have to write up? You can write up the apologies. Okay, I'll do I'm it. I'm working and on the list can, right you now. You can ahead. just scribble down all the apologies as I go. <laughs> Here's the thing about contest critiques, and please mm-hmm. understand this is just my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. This is just my opinion from my experience. Some contest critiques are fabulous and worth every penny, but um, I know there are a lot of people who enter contests solely so that they can get the critique of like a quote-unquote like published author or whatever, and I'm here to tell you as a published author that we don't really necessarily know all that much more than anybody else <laughs> who's been writing as long as we have. Um Shh. <laughs> there are people who are unpublished who have a much finer grasp on craft than I do. And I will be the mm-hmm. first to admit it. Um, so a lot of times they want published authors or they want, you know, whatever to give them the feedback. And, um, and so they go to these contests and they pay the, you know, entrance fee of 10 to 25 to $40, dollars, depending on what contest it is. And then they get feedback. And the feedback, the quality of the feedback is so varied, yes and sometimes you'll get feedback from people that will knock you down for Mm
2: -hmm. you know like what were you saying (laughs) i got gigged for format points yeah like because because you had two spaces or something yeah (laughs) because the the judge said that that the new um you know the the new standard was one space after the period not two okay and just just for the record There's not an editor in the land
1: that is going to turn away a fabulous book because there's two spaces after the period.
2: Exactly.
1: You know, um, so stuff like that. I mean, formatting, Mm -hmm. like, honestly, with formatting, people ask this question a lot. So we should go ahead and address it. Here's all you have to do about formatting. One inch, all around, one inch margins, uh, double spaced and then either times new roman courier new or arial font yeah and arial,
2: arial i would still mm. i don't know I, I i don't use arial but i mean i only use uh, i only use courier
1: i use courier usually but sometimes mm-hmm. i'll switch courier into times new, new roman because I I think it looks pretty and it makes me feel sexier when I'm writing it. Um, (laughs) Anyway. um, So, but I mean, those are, the editors will accept that with absolutely no problem. It's just, you don't want to like type it up in purple font and, well or or Comic Sans MS or single space. I mean, those, you know, those editors,
2: you know, they work hard. They read a lot of stuff. You want to be
1: as easy on their eyes as you can be. And so, um, so you double space it and you, Mm -hmm. you use a, a, reasonable font in black yeah. ink and you yes. know and nothing you know no pretty stationary paper or anything like that just no. standard you know Plain 24 pound right exactly mm-hmm. quality yep. paper you do want it to be yep. at least i think 24 pound is like this the standard for
2: no i think it's more like 20 24 is like really heavy heavy 24 stuff. is really heavy no 24 is yeah
1: okay it's yeah, it 20 20, it's 24, 20
2: in that range because yeah. 65 yeah. is where you're getting into cardstock. yeah so
1: it's in the 2024 20, range i don't mm-hmm. i don't even know if there is a 24 i'm just off top of my head it's around there it. is. it's around but it.
2: usually it's for like color printing and stuff okay. like that's really heavy so like resumes okay then take yeah. listen to sam she's better at that stuff.
1: Than I am. <laughs> the, the quote-unquote details whatever <laughs> Anyway, so that's all you need to know for formatting. Never, never You never need to ask another formatting yeah. question. Nobody's going to shut you down as long as you're – I mean, yeah. two, two spaces after a period or one space really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So my point being, getting back to the contest feedback, is that it is right. unbelievably um, – I would much rather find somebody I know and somebody I can trust – and have them critique my stuff, then throw it into a contest where, and some contest feedback, I mean, I have had fabulous contest feedback. The only contest I ever entered was before I got published. I entered Time Off For Good Behavior, the first uh, chapter in a contest, and I got some feedback on that. It was fabulous, it was really, really Mm -hmm. good. But I've heard way too many stories about people who are getting this insane feedback. And then, a lot of times, there's that whole published, unpublished thing that, you know, it's an anonymous published writer, you're unpublished, and you think that she knows more than you so you take her advice even though it's blatantly stupid and I've seen it happen you know there's like so that's another thing with critiquing that you um that you need to be able to do is kind of decide what works for you and what doesn't Mm -hmm. and yeah
2: and and the other thing is you know when I enter contests I don't um I mean contests are great Mm -hmm. in that I I would enter contests to try to get to try to final, of course, we all yeah, want to final. Yeah, then you get the,
1: the editor. You get to yeah, get read then by and Yeah, get an editor, editor read. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a fabulous way to, it's, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and sometimes it's for a house that doesn't accept unagented mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. material. So you wouldn't normally be able to even get your work in to front of them if that it wasn't person, for right. a contest, you know? Right. So
1: that's a different but, reason to enter a contest. If you're yes. entering it to final... They're not But a bad, lot of people you know, enter but. for critiques. Right. And I just don't think that that is the best yeah. use of your money or your time.
2: And I think, you know, one of the things is, like you said, the, the, the critiques you get are so varied. Some contests are better than others. Mm-hmm. Some actually have their judges go through mm-hmm. a, cont- a a judging mm-hmm. um Kind of uh, workshop, yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that the judging is consistent, right? Mm-hmm. The problem is uh, most of them don't have that, or don't have time for that, or the resources, or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So what you get back is sort of inconsistent. Now mm-hmm. that said, if you get three judges that come back and tell you the exact same thing, then take it seriously. Exactly. Take it seriously, but that's you need true with look any with
1: any critique exactly. with any critique. If if you know one person comes back and you disagree with mm-hmm. their feedback, then it's a wash, you know? Right. But if you've got four that have gone out and three of them have come back saying, you know, this one particular element is giving me a problem, then you need to mm-hmm. take that seriously. You don't necessarily have to fix it the way that they tell you to fix it. Right. There are other ways that you can fix it, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, but you do need to be able to, um, to look at that and say, okay, you know, obviously this is a problem that I need to address. And that's why you want to get more than one critique. I mean, right now – I don't know. Right now I'm down to, I think pretty much in the early stages, I've got like two or three people that Mm -hmm. read it, you know, and then I've got six or seven people that read a book when it's finished and they do the beta reading for me, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, But so it's a pretty small number. But I mean, basically, Mm -hmm. these are people that I've worked with for a long time. I do critiques for them. They do critiques for me. Mm -hmm. And when they come back with something for me, 90% of the time, I either completely agree with it, or, you know, or see that it works. I mean, I I very rarely at this point, because I've been doing this for so long, and I've been working with so many people, and I've kind of honed down my little posse, Mm -hmm. that I, I can trust almost all the feedback that I get. You right. know, I, I, I trust right. it a lot, and I, and I feel pretty good about it. Um, so let's, mm-hmm. okay, now we're getting into, you know, we've got how you find your critiquers, but now we're getting into how to take critiques and how mm-hmm. to give critiques. So let's start with right. how to take a critique, because this is a really, really important point. Right. Critiques are very hard to take, especially early on. It is yes. really hard to put your work out there and make yourself so vulnerable, because you really are. I mean writing is an extremely personal experience and Well, then... it's also
2: extremely objective. Mhm. You may have one element of your book that uh, that particular critiquer mm-hmm. just can't handle. Right. Mhm. Doesn't like, mm-hmm. won't do it. I had I had written a scene where children were involved. Mm-hmm. And one of the critiquers, you know, one of my critiquers said, I can't, uh, I hate this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, because there were children involved. Right. Mm-hmm. Not that it was bad. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm like that, too. Do, I get yeah.
2: very squeamish when mm-hmm. something,
1: if anything bad happens to children, I get very squeamish yes. and I can handle it to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. You know, I can handle it to a certain degree, but but that's one of my my points. So like, if and right. as a critiquer, like if somebody gives me something that has something happening to children, I'll just say, look, this is a sensitive point for me, so take this with a grain of salt. But right, I, you know, but I some critiquers mm-hmm. won't do that. No, some critiquers, and won't. you don't
2: know mm-hmm. why they hate yeah. it. You know, so. yeah,
1: and if, and sometimes they can't be clear. That's why you start with a big group of critiquers, like your writers group, and everybody critiques a chapter, or whatever, and you kind of get a feel from those chapters, like who works best with you and who understands you not just who pets your ego there's a whole Mm -hmm. thing with ego i mean it's it's so it's so difficult because you have to balance um knowing what's right for your book because you the one thing you do not want to do and a lot of people do this is that they get feedback from critiquers and they just do everything the critiquer said a blank check they just do everything that critiquer said and then they send it to another critiquer and they give back feedback and they do everything that that person said and then Mm -hmm. it is no longer your book you know, it becomes yes. this big bland. Please, everybody. If everybody likes your book, it's not a good book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <That's> generally, <laughs> my my feeling on it. Um, you know, but it's also there's there's that which is like one end of the spectrum, and then the other end of the spectrum is that somebody gives you a critique. And then you look at it and you're like, well, obviously they're insane. And you don't take any of the advice, you don't take anything seriously. And you think <laughs> that right. it was perfect yeah. to begin with. And the fact that this person came back to me with anything but it's wonderful and perfect and ready for publication obviously mm-hmm. means that
2: they're insane. So, well, you-, you know, and I always worry mm-hmm. when, when somebody comes back and they don't have anything yeah. for me. I'm like, you know, I would rather have somebody say something mm-hmm. and at least have it out there and think about it right. than to not than to not say anything. I, I like the challenge. I want to make the book better.
1: Well and also you know? it's never
2: perfect.
1: Like I mean the it's thing is if somebody if somebody perfect. comes back and says there's nothing wrong with it, it's wonderful, it's perfect as it is, mm-hmm. then I'm thinking, well that's great. They enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, but there's there's things wrong with it. They're just not seeing those things. Because there's always something. There's I have never yeah. written a perfect scene. I have <laughs> definitely not well, written a perfect And That's why book.
2: I mean that's one of the reasons I don't read my books after they're published. Oh yeah?
1: Because you I, can't stand that it's not perfect.
2: Well, yeah, because I'll go back through and I'm like, oh, look at, I used the same word in the same twice in the same paragraph. Oh my god, makes me crazy. Oh, oh my yeah.
1: gosh. See.
2: <laughs> so for me, it's never perfect. Yeah, very see, difficult for me to uh,
1: perfection. I don't even shoot yeah, for. to accept that. <laughs> I don't even yeah. shoot for perfection because it's so well, and
2: I don't consider that perfection. I just consider it being, you know you know, a better writer than I was the last book. Yeah, I
1: know. yeah, no, I yeah. mean, that's the thing. I definitely want to be a better writer on every book mm-hmm. than I was on the last book. Absolutely. Yeah. But per- per- perfection is just never going to be part of the picture. It's just impossible. Um, and, you know, for me, honestly, you know, as we all know, because of my preferred psychology, I actually enjoy the imperfection. <laughs> <laughs> the imperfection i if I ever did write a perfect scene, I would go and screw it up just to be fun, just to have some not that it's possible for me to even write a perfect scene, so let's not even pretend that's a possibility but um but I mean still you know i mean it's it's i, I don't know i the the whole point i guess that I was, about was these two spectrums that you have to find the place right in the middle first of all, you yes. have to be able to be objective about your own work and it's going to take a Quite a few critiques before yes. you can really find that place where you don't mm-hmm. let you don't let it involve your ego. A lot of times, um, it feels like if somebody comes back and says this wasn't perfect, what we hear is you suck. You right. can't write, you shouldn't be doing this. Don't quit your day job. But you know
2: The thing you have to remember in every case mm-hmm. is it's not about you. It's not It's about the story. right.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: that's what you have to keep saying to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's and about the story. It's not about you.: Exactly. So. And you want that story
1: to be the best story yes. that it can be. So focus Absolutely. focus mm-hmm. your entire energy on the quality of the work. you know yes. Um, yes. Another thing is um, <laughs> don't ever 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 argue with your critiquer (laughs) your critiquer is giving you an opinion and you cannot argue with an opinion i've had Mm -hmm. people come back to me and be like yeah but this 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 and i'm like well this 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 and this is not on the page you Mm -hmm. know and you can't you can't sit next to your reader you know and explain explain everything while they're going to be reading it out in boise and you're not going to be in boise all the time with everybody who's reading your book so you know if you have to go back and explain to them why Mm -hmm. they're wrong (laughs) you know then um if you feel that 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 need to do that and it's a human thing I mean you will feel that need to be like no but you don't understand because the reality Mm -hmm. is if it's not on the page then it doesn't matter you have no arguments you have no arguments if you can't get it across what you need to get across on the page then Mm -hmm. um then that's it. You can't sit there and explain to them why that works. You can say, mm-hmm. oh, I understand this is a problem. This is what's going on. How can I fix it? Absolutely, right. you can say that. But you yes. can't say, yes, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, and then not listen to anything that they said because basically you've just wasted all of their time and their energy yeah. in helping you, and they're not going to want to critique for you again. <laughs> Trust me. Um, so, uh, okay. so, I mean, that's so, the thing is that you've got, to, you've got to kind of balance that out and sort of try to take your ego out of it and be as objective mm-hmm. as possible to take that, yes. that feedback. But yes. some feedback you get isn't going to be good either. There's some feedback yeah. that people are going to give you. And basically, it's kind of like you have an internal, if you just quiet your mind enough to listen to it, you can feel it. You can feel your body's response to the feedback, whether it's good for the story or not good for the story. Ninety percent of the mm-hmm. feedback I get, I'm so excited. I'm like, oh, my God, that's great. It's perfect, you know. And the <laughs> idea of going back in and making those changes is just so exciting to me. Because, again, I've I've been doing this for a while and I've whittled down my group to people that, that get me and that really do make the book so much better. And these are definitely mm-hmm. people that challenge me. You know, right. I mean, I'm, all the people that I have read my books never come back and say, oh, it's lovely. You know, no. they tell me what's wrong in no uncertain
2: terms, and I do the same for them. Yes. But, um, yeah. I, but it is to. good. I mean, yeah, and and like I said, I, I like the challenge. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. want to make the book better. Mm-hmm. Give me your ideas, right. you know. Right, because so, it's
1: got to be yeah. about the work. It's not about you, it's about mm-hmm. the work. So just remember yes. that.
2: Yes. Okay. Yes. So, nothing personal. <laughs> so now I guess now, we should talk about how to give the critiques. How to give critiques. You know, I've been a judge in a couple of contests. Mm-hmm. And, um, and luckily those contests had really, you know, good um, sections and Mm -hmm. this is how, you know, you know, what did you think about this? Mm -hmm. You know, not only the score, but also a chance to explain Mm -hmm. um, how you, you know, why you gave that score. Mm -hmm. And um, it's very hard to give critiques. It's, it's really important, again, to focus on the story. Right. Mm -hmm. Not on the writer, on the story, because it's not about the writer, it's about the story. Mm -hmm. And um, and so you try to you know you just try to make it constructive, mm-hmm. um, nothing personal, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you tell them the great things they did, yes. the things they do very start well. Off, you always
1: start off with the positive. Yes, you lead absolutely. with the positive. You lead with what works, even yes. if you really have to work to find it. There's something yeah. in that story that works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, a lot of times I'm like, wow, your spelling is fabulous. You know, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> It's, it's never that bad. But, I mean, there's things like there's the setting. There's something that's intriguing. There's yeah. something about that book. There's a diamond in the rough, even if it's really, mm-hmm. really rough. And you can always find that you always lead with that. And it's right. not an ego stroke so much as, you know, you're if you lead with that, then you put the person in a place of confidence that they've got something to ground their feet on for when you yes. totally break their spirit, which is <laughs> what comes next. No, No. I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> You never be mean. You never be snarky. You never be, but you do have to shoot straight. There, I've gotten a lot of critiques where people are like, Well, you know, this is really wonderful, and you're a wonderful writer, and please don't. And I'm like, You know what? Just get to the point. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a fine well, writer. Know, I know it, but like, just tell me what's wrong, <laughs> and they feel so bad about it. You know.
2: Well, and I think it's important too to give them suggestions. Yes. You know, you could say, you know, I don't understand why this character did this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Could you explain a little bit more? Could you give us a hint, right. as to what's going on, what they're thinking, and, exactly. you know, how they're feeling, or uh, mm-hmm. something like that? You state your problem so. and kind
1: of how they might fix it. Now, I don't think yes. I think what you want to stay away to from in that is writing the yeah. story for them exactly you give them a the thing you say like well okay th- i don't understand this character's motivation can you elaborate on that or is there more information mm-hmm. that you can give or maybe you can change it around you don't yes. say very general. you know i don't understand this character's motivation here's what you do okay you start it out in the bar and then you move <laughs> her over onto the motorcycle and then when the motorcycle no, you dies blah, 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 blah. you know you don't do that <laughs> although i will admit I've done that sometimes I can't help myself I see it and I'm so excited I only do it when I'm really excited about the story when I love 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 the story and then I start getting so into the character so if I ever do that to you take it as a compliment it's because I loved your story and I'm like oh you could do that I've done it to you a couple of times Sam I know I have because
2: oh, I just love it yeah well but it's you really do to me too though you do I know but you're like uh, yes so I'm like well can you just kill him like, I know no romantic comedy I me kill people <laughs> I know and then I you're know. like oh it would be so funny if this happened I'm like <laughs> it'd be so funny not a
1: if funny they were scene. all chasing for the bomb and it was really a puppy you know <laughs> um I know but we do understand with each other's work and sometimes you come up with stuff that really works for me and that really helps me yeah, out so yeah you know I, know, I mean it's, it's good to have that perspective but I think that mm-hmm. you know f- from giving the critiques um you want to be straightforward you know, yes. and I am I am so want to, straightforward you want to be that at times people, you know, and I warn people too, because I, I I want people to be straight with me. I give the kind of critiques I like to receive. And mm-hmm. they're, you know, no punches pulled, straightforward. You know, I, I honestly that's what I like. I like people when I know that somebody isn't holding anything back then I feel confident that I can do something with the critique that I receive if I'm worried that they're just being nice then I don't Mm -hmm. trust them so it's kind of becomes a (laughs) trust thing for me you know and um so I warn people if somebody's getting a critique I mean most of the people I work with know and understand it but if like I you know if somebody gets a critique at auction or something like that or if they you know Mm -hmm. some kind of um charity thing that sometimes I'll do critiques for that um then uh then I usually warn them ahead of time that um that I will be Completely honest. I won't be mean, but I will be completely honest. And sometimes if you're early in the critiquing stage, for some people, it can be hard to hear really, truly honest feedback, even though it's just an opinion. And it's just right. my opinion, and I can be wrong. And I always say that, too. I might be wrong. I might not be your reader. Mm-hmm. I might not understand what it is you're doing. You know, take it with right. a grain of salt, especially if I've mm-hmm. got hot buttons like kids or something like that. I let them know about that. Yeah. But, um, but, I mean, if you're the kind of critiquer, I mean, be straightforward. But if you're, you know, if you're really straightforward, then give them a, <laughs> give them a warning shot.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So the difference okay. between a
1: critique and a beta
2: read. Right. Okay. Uh, critique generally is done by somebody who is a writer who actually understands a little bit about the writing process Mm -hmm. a little more than your basic reader. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, a beta reader, at at least to me, a beta reader is a true reader, but it's also a person who reads a lot. They -hmm. have a fine understanding of what makes a good story. Mm -hmm. They may not always be able to explain to you exactly technically like oh I don't understand his motivation here Mm -hmm. but they'll tell you as a reader I didn't understand why he did this exactly and out of that you can get a lot Mm -hmm. and I have uh let me see I have three beta readers Mm -hmm. and I have basically just one critiquer. You're you're my only critiquer. And and I don't let anybody read my story until it's done. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's the the thing, too, is that critiquers Mm -hmm. are, um, you know, like you said, other writers that usually have a a deep knowledge of the craft. So they'll come back at you with conflict and motivation and, you know, and Mm -hmm. goals and all this kind of stuff and, you know, antagonists and whatnot. Um, But then, and that's at any stage during the writing. It can be early, it can be once scene, it can be, you know, a half a book, it can be whatever amount of book, whatever part of the writing, that's a critique thing. A beta read is after the book's done, after the first yes. draft of the book is done, and you send it out as a whole and you get, rather than somebody nitpicking at the little things in the scene, giving you a real general view of how the book works just on its own and what works, yes. what doesn't work and that kind of thing. Having regular readers is essential to that, I think, because they mm-hmm. won't come back. Their their mind isn't colored by all this, you know, business jargon, all this industry craft jargon they're just just saying is it a good story or not does the story work for you or not so that's a real good perspective to have although a lot of my beta readers are also writers right
2: well and you know Mm -hmm. the funny thing is as i've developed i started out with a lot of critiquers and just a few you know like one beta Mm -hmm. reader Mm -hmm. now i have one critiquer Mm -hmm. and three beta readers Mm -hmm. it's changed a little Mm -hmm. bit i think it's because you know i'm a little more comfortable with my craft and you know i mean not comfortable i don't never want to get to that point but um but but i i I mean you should be you should be
1: confident i mean you i think you should be more confident than you are because you're (laughs) you're a really great writer we're gonna get to that later in a later show too trust me gonna holler up by her ankles for that but um (laughs) but you Um, know i mean i think that you're you're very confident and that you know mm-hmm. you know that you're I mean, you know you're a good writer, right? Don't tell me you don't think you're a good writer because I'll have to show you. I know you.
2: that I think that I am developing into a good writer. Oh, for <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't want to ever say that I know everything because I don't know. That's not saying I mean, that you know I everything. Read... That's not saying okay. that you know everything.
1: It's saying that you're a good writer. <laughs> okay, you know what? This is a total this will take another hour to it do. Is. We'll it is not gonna argue this about later. it. All yeah. right, let's go to the uh-huh. next thing. When do you okay. leave your critique group?
2: You leave your critique group when you realize that the, the kinds of critiques you're getting mm-hmm. are not good for you or for your story. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think you will know that. And you will see that, you know, just if you start dreading mm-hmm. going to your critiques, mm-hmm. then it's time to think about why? Yeah. And what is it doing to you? It's also what is that it the people your you're writing.
1: critiquing with should be at the same level that you are. And I'm not saying yes. published or unpublished. A lot of times people get this division in their head. Like there's this, mm-hmm. there's the, the published and then there's like the unwashed masses and whatever. And that's total, yeah. total crap. Um, crap. I have unpublished friends who are fabulous writers who are completely mm-hmm. at the same place that I am craft wise and who do really good work. Um, right. You know, and I'm not going to say that there are published people who write crap because we all know that's true. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody I know, but there are people out there. Um, <sighs> anyway. Apologies to... Apologies to <laughs> the published writers who write crap. You don't know who you are. Um, but, in- <laughs> but anyway, um, I mean, the thing is that you need to have people who are at your craft level, who understand craft at your level. And sometimes you'll be with a group and you will get to a point where you're kind of and I hate to say it cuz it sounds arrogant but let's just put it out there you know where you've kind of grown beyond that particular group maybe you need a smaller tighter group and this was a large group mm-hmm. and that's, that sort of happens after a while um you know and there's yeah. there's nothing to apologize for for that you just kind of gradually kind of back out of the one group and move into something else and right. you'll find what's right for you there's online places there's friends you meet online as you go into these mm-hmm. like chapters local chapters or whatever you'll meet people like Sam who's wonderful and you'll connect and you'll be like <laughs> wow you're so awesome and then you'll have, like, the Mutual Admiration Society that we have, and everything will be lovely. And little <laughs> woodland creatures will start making you dresses, and everything will be great. But, um, but I mean, it's kind of like you start with the big group, and then you, it sort of tightens down. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of natural. I mean, it kind of happens by attrition. I think attrition. it is natural. It's usually yeah, not. Yeah. Nobody gets offended. It's usually not like that. I mean, things just kind of, you know, you kind of move in, and you move out, you know. Right. And that's how right. it works. So I think that's now, good. Um, was there anything um, else? One last thing
2: on? I, yeah, one last thing I wanted to cover was when to stop. When
1: to stop uh, revising? Yeah.
2: Yeah, well you can have critiques forever mm-hmm. and ever oh, right. and ever and never actually send the book out. <laughs> right. At some point. <laughs> you have to stop. It won't you be, have, to it it won't be mm-hmm. have to let it go. Even I have to let it go.
1: Only because Usually there's a that's deadline.
2: deadline. <laughs> <laughs> you have your book done like two months before the deadline and you're still fiddling with that damn thing. <laughs> But sooner or later, you do have to let it go. So trust yourself. You do. That's more take problem for the fan Take all the information types. that, yeah, take all the lessons that you mm-hmm. learned and all the advice that you've been given, and and work that into your story any way you want. Mm-hmm. But trust yourself when when to know when it's time to stop. Right,
1: and it won't be perfect. So. Don't expect it to be perfect. Don't wait nope. for it to be perfect. That's never nope, going to happen. It won't. It's like trust being, me. It's like being ready for parenting. You're never going to be ready to have a kid. You know, so um, it's the same thing. You're never going to be ready to send that out 100. percent But the thing is that you know, you know it's time when you're fiddling, when you're taking a sentence yeah. and you're moving the, you know, the verb over here and yeah. moving it when over. When you start putting put commas comma. in, exactly. When you when dude. you're fiddling at that level. <laughs> Send it out and start a new book. Yes, um, you know, there's exactly. certain, it's, if you're fiddling with nitpicky stuff, then it's ready to go because the nitpicky mm-hmm. stuff your editor's going to have certain ideas on that kind of stuff anyway. Right. They're going to have things for you to do. You are not done mm-hmm. with this book when you send it out to be published oh, no. to, to find a publisher. <laughs> um, you're going to be working with that book more. So, I mean, when it's yeah. when it's good and your story is solid, what matters is that your story is solid. If your story is solid, go ahead and work with it and send it mm-hmm. out. You know, that's what you need. That's right. All right.
2: I think you good. All right. I think that's it. <laughs> okay. Bye. And it's uh, time for more wine. All right. We're going to take a quick break to refill, and we'll be right back.
0: Flynn Daly needs a drink. Under pressure from her father, she's agreed to move out of her South Boston neighborhood and run the inn left to her by her dead aunt. The problem? It's in the middle of upstate New York, where there's nature and bugs and no public transportation. A cute bartender keeps giving her attitude, and she's getting visits from her Aunt Esther, even though she's dead. Jake Tucker needs a break. He's sure that Esther Goodhouse was murdered, but he can't find any proof. If cozying up to Esther's niece gets him the information he needs, so be it. But once he gets close to Flynn, he decides that some investigations are more fun with a partner. Crazy in Love by Lonnie Diane Rich. In stores, October 1st.
1: Thanks for coming back. I'm Lonnie Diane Rich.
2: And I'm Samantha Graves.
1: And this is Will Right for Wine. <laughs> we need to talk to you a little bit because over the break <laughs> I was like, "Oh my goodness, it's long." 37 <laughs> we'll minutes <laughs> when you don't have a script. <laughs> That's right. So here's the basic conundrum mm-hmm. that we come down to. is this right. is what it, And so now because we're discussing it now, the D-block's going to go way long. But you know what? Oh, I don't yeah. care. <laughs> I'm throwing caution to the wind. It's going to be our longest <laughs> podcast ever. I thought it was going to be nice and short tonight. Originally, we had intended this to be a half hour show. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's never going to happen. Then we're like, oh, OK, well, an hour, you know, 45 minutes to an hour is fine. And we were mm-hmm. doing in that, we we were. In that range yeah. for a while. And then. I don't know. Start we got real comfortable with ourselves. It's kind of like my
2: weight. It just keeps kind of <laughs> and creeping, keeps up. creeping up. And then you kind of get used to it yeah. and then it creeps up a little, bit, it more. Up yeah. little bit
1: more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now now our pants are getting a little tight. Cuz here's the thing. <laughs> is that uh, it's okay for anybody who's got like real good broadband access. But the, mm-hmm. the the file sizes are getting up to like, you know, 75 megs, which is a lot. Now, one thing I was doing for about th- Four or five shows, and nobody noticed it, but I did. And it made me crazy, so stop doing it. Was I took the um, I took the quality down a notch, and yes. so it made for a slightly smaller, um, probably about ten to fifteen megabytes which is podcast, big. smaller, which is which yeah. is significant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, podcasts, but the quality the was, was fine, was not good, and. <laughs> Apparently nobody else noticed it, but I did. So what we need to know, what we need in your feedback this week, yes. is um, do you mind that they're long? Do you mind that they're big? Does one hour work better for you than an hour and twenty minutes? Is an hour and twenty yeah. minutes way too flipping way long? Too which is freaking what I'm thinking. Long. Yeah. Is yeah. it is it a challenge for you? You guys having trouble downloading it because they're they're so big. So mm-hmm. let us know and give us some feedback and then we'll be able to adjust ourselves accordingly. But I don't know, I like not having Behave
2: a... <laughs> behave ourselves accordingly.
1: Behave ourselves. Well, that's <laughs> never gonna happen. <laughs> But um, but I mean I like having I like not having a script. I think that we we hit on points and we you know we get off in tangents. Mm-hmm. Me, tangent size, Tangent size. We tangency size, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but uh, which is like exercise, <laughs> but more fun. Um, and a
2: lot and, less
1: work. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so give okay. us your feedback on that. And let us know if the file sizes are a problem for you, or if you'd rather we uh, just didn't go off on so many tangents and I could, you know, we can script them again. I just, Mm -hmm. I like it better. (laughs) More fun for me. I feel less, I don't know, less like tight and stodgy. I don't know. I feel Mm -hmm. like it's more fun when we're not, uh, when we're drunk and unscripted. That's what I like. You're you're calling me tight
2: and stodgy? (laughs) Drunk and unscripted. Am I
1: calling you? (laughs) No, I'm saying I come off that way. I feel that way. You come off lovely and wonderful all the time. (laughs) I, however, am the one whose only value here is like the comic relief because I'm always
2: saying stupid stuff
1: but you know i mean my point is that like you know i just i just for me it's it's fun i like doing that in the c block i like being unscripted in the c block and it does Mm -hmm. tend to make us go a little long a little long okay so um so you guys decide how we're gonna do it are we gonna cut the time down do we need to go back to the lower quality format which probably nobody noticed Mm -hmm. (laughs) except me is it too long now we're in 20 minutes is a long time for you guys to listen to us. Yeah. So um so let us know, send it into feedback at com. And uh, so wanna win some great prizes?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I'm
1: so glad. Hit me. You've so much enthusiasm <laughs> about that. That's awesome. <laughs> Head on down to com and give us some feedback. We're looking for questions, wine suggestions, general commentary on the show, answer to our question about what you want us to do with the show, anything. Uh, Each month, all eligible entries will go into a wine bucket. At the end of the month, we'll pull a name out of the bucket to win a fabulous prize.
2: For September. tell them what they won. (laughs) (laughs) I've
1: been dying to say
2: that. (laughs) For September, we are giving away two signed mm-hmm. books the comeback kiss by lonnie diane rich which is fabulous and unmasked oh, well, so by cj berry which that's is
1: amazing <laughs> i
2: love that book, I love that book. Mm-hmm. 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 oh that's you okay i'm sorry
1: <laughs> <laughs> i was too busy interrupting you to realize you'd finished your scripted part of the thing see so i screw it up when there's a script okay all you have to do to enter is send us an email a feedback at
2: willrightforwine.com or comment on the website <laughs> announce the september winner at our first october show (laughs) crap (laughs) so send in your comments and suggestions
1: now and up next up next (laughs) up next we have the (laughs) weekly win
2: (laughs) how'd you do this week sam okay i am on my final read-through for my revisions uh-huh. and this week i did 203 pages so far oh
1: my gosh okay yeah. so how many times have you
2: gone through this book um to revise this will it? be the third time the third since sweep. the third sweep the third mm-hmm. and final sweep of the revisions and of course i'll get it again for copy edits for and galley so and galleys, thank goodness i'll have but two more shots at getting it right <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I love when I, like, rewrite entire
1: passages in oh, copy yeah. edits, and then you got to tack them on with a paper clip, and you're like, cut mm-hmm. all this out and put this in. It's like a big yep. puzzle rug. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, for me, I did pretty well. I got 3,100 words this week, which is about 15 Good. pages, but it's opening scene 15 oh, pages, which is important. different from other 15 pages. Like yes, we it before. is. Like we before, opening really scenes
2: are a B-I-T-C-H. Mm-hmm so um well yeah. i mean and i've discovered with the opening scenes it's one of mm-hmm. two ways either yeah. it goes down perfect the first time you write it or you have to rewrite it oh you're an times. alien it's never perfect the first time i <laughs> actually have had first scenes that go down that are almost that almost stay the same word for word and sometimes I you have... get them sometimes they're right there and they're perfect. Or it takes you like a hundred revisions to get them right. I don't know. Okay, what it no, is. X and
1: the Single Girl. I had that. Ex mm, and the yeah. Single Girl. I did have that, but that's yeah, the see? only time. And I think it's because I just didn't know any better. Oh. <laughs> Although actually, I do like that opening scene, so mm-hmm. I won't. I won't knock yeah, myself. Yeah, it's on fine. It. It's great. But uh, but opening scenes, anyway, for me, are the ones that I spend the most time writing and rewriting and tweaking mm-hmm. because, again, not too much information, not too little information. You got to right. get the heroine out there. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So um, and it's coming together. The new book is coming together really well. I did a lot of planning for it shut mm-hmm. up I'm still a pantser mostly did um, I hear
2: color post-its did I hear coded colored post-its, post-its? Yeah. yes
1: you did is there anything wrong with that <laughs> no there's if not if color-coded post-its are wrong I don't want to be right <laughs> <laughs> yep they're on my wall right now staring down at me and mocking me saying you are not a panther. you're not a panther. <laughs> But I don't know everything that's going to happen. I mean, I do kind of pull it together mm-hmm. as I'm going. I just, I need, in order to get a start on this, especially I have to have the first turning point. I have the first turning point and I have the midpoint. Good. So I've got that. But I don't have the that's whole thing awesome. planned out before I start writing. But anyway, yeah, that's okay. I feel good about the book. I'm very good. excited about it. Good, good, good.
2: Okay. And now it's time for this week's Random Etc. segment where we do whatever we feel like because it's our show. Mm-hmm. This week, we're going to give you inspirational quotes to print out and tape up on your computer to get you through the critiquing <laughs> process. <laughs> right, because you will need
1: these. <laughs> Trust me.
2: <laughs> and you really
1: need the one that's right
2: for you. So we each mm-hmm. picked out three. Right. Right. Okay. And my first one is, if the doctor told me I had six minutes to live... I type faster. Aww, That's <laughs> Isaac Asimov. Uh-huh.
1: How cool is
2: that? Yeah, cool. yeah. I like that one. All right, this is my first
1: one. Is there's nothing to writing. All you do is sit down at a typewriter and open a vein. <laughs> <laughs> Love that one. That's awesome. Walter Wellesley, quote unquote,
2: Red Smith. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I guess that's a nickname. <laughs> well, I just call him Red. Okay. My next one is a professional writer is an amateur who didn't quit.
0: Oh, that's by
2: Richard Bach.
1: Richard Bach, mm-hmm. Jonathan Livingston Livingston Single, right? Mm-hmm. That yeah. that Richard Bach. Yeah. Oh, how very nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, so my next one is you must stay drunk on writing so reality cannot destroy you. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Bradbury.
2: <laughs> I like that one. I like that one too. What has reality ever done for you? That's right. <laughs> So, my, my last one is, the two most beautiful words in the English language are check and closed. Oh, I love it. <laughs> by Dorothy Parker. <laughs> I love her. Love her. Well, I saw her name. I, I knew I had to grab that one. Oh, so. <laughs> um, And my last
1: one is... Everything in life is writable about if you have the outgoing guts to do it and the imagination to improvise. The worst enemy to creativity is self-doubt. Oh, Sylvia true. Sylvia Plath. So true. So it's kind of an awkward little quote there. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But, but I mean, you know. It makes Go Sylvia. A point. Yeah. Sylvia. Yeah, that's right. right. You know, I, I like the, the worst enemy to creativity is self-doubt. You've yes. got to gotta have confidence. And we will be addressing that
2: in yes. a future podcast. I've got a mm-hmm. whole lot to say about that. <laughs> okay well that takes care of this week's random etc
0: and it's time for a refill we'll be right back well the show's almost over and i'm sure you're really sad about that but now you don't have to wait another week to hear from sam and lonnie because we've got websites open 24 7 and ready when you are morning, noon, or night. For Lonnie, be sure to stop by the newly redesigned com, where Lonnie's latest books and news will be regularly updated. Right, Lonnie? Also, don't forget to drop by dogsandgoddesses.com, where Lonnie is collaborating live on the web with New York Times bestsellers Jennifer Kruse and Ann Stewart. It's like a reality show with writers, which is really much more interesting than it sounds. So check it out. For more information on Sam, click your way on over to samanthagraves.com for her latest news and giveaways. I think she's better about updating. Yeah, that's right. There are also links to her blog, her MySpace page, and the website for her alter ego, C.J. Barry author of award-winning futuristic romances and don't forget to stop by at willwriteforwine.com for links to our joint myspace page our cafe press store and all the cool things we talk about during the show by the time you're done with all that we'll be back in a new podcast next week everybody plays and everybody wins
2: well it's time for last call here at Will Write for Wine. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yes, keep sending in those wine suggestions to us at feedback
1: at even though I haven't bought a single suggestion yet. But I have them all like separated in my thing, and I'm so excited yeah. whenever whenever anybody sends a, a wine suggestion, I get so excited about it. I'm like, oh new wine. But yeah. it's just hard to hunt them down sometimes. Yeah. I did find Fat Bastard Wine though.
2: Yeah. That in my that one's in my local thing. And I
1: need to yeah. pick up a bottle of that because I just like the name. <laughs> Anyway, so leave the wine suggestions in the comments on the website. You can do that yep. too. Send good wine suggestions to Sam. Me. Send cheap wine suggestions to Lonnie.
2: Lonnie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to say me. Yeah,
2: you're supposed to say I me. I screw That's okay. that up every time.
1: You used to do that for the first like 10 podcasts. That was your part, and you did it so well. And then yeah. I went and switched it and screwed it all up. Anyway, <laughs> your turn. Go ahead. This part is scripted.
2: Also, don't miss our cool Cafe Press store yeah. where you can get all sorts of fun Will Right for Wine merchandise. Check mm-hmm. out our new items like the Wine Notes Ooh. notebook, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Mm-hmm. The refrigerator magnet, which I just <laughs> got and is mm-hmm. very cool. And the mouse pad, Yay. which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I know. And what a nice Christmas gift for your favorite whiffer. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the link can be found on the right-hand column at the website at willrightforwine.com.
1: Right, and don't forget to vote for us at Podcast Alley. Your votes count new every month. Mm-hmm. So if you voted in August, you vote again. But you know what? Just yeah. October Wait. 1st. Yes. Everybody go in and hit it October 1st and get us in the top 10 because so I can do booze in a box because it's going to be really fun. <laughs> and if you see it in the top 10, it won't be there for long. So do a um, print screen oh, and send yes. us the picture yes. so yes. we can see it. <laughs> if we send everybody in and they vote at like midnight on October 1st. <laughs> We can do it, people. I know we can.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget you can review us at iTunes too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're still on the second page. Uh we moved up. You know, uh-huh. we moved up. So we're we're Very still that we're hanging tough. Gaining hanging purchase tough. on the second I page know. of the I Arts know. Literature <laughs> session at <laughs> <in> iTunes. <laughs> Woo! Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. And now it's time to announce the winner of the character in Lonnie's next book, Named for You. Right, The Word of the Blog winner is Nikki Cooper. Nikki, expect your name
1: to show up in the book I'm working on right now, tentatively titled, Wish You Were Here. Congrats, (laughs) Nikki. And thanks to everyone who blogged. It was really fun. It was very nice of
2: you. Uh, next week's show is a special show just in time for a NaNoWriMo, mm-hmm. which is how Lonnie came to be a writer. Right. It's a
1: really fun story, and mm-hmm. I haven't told it at all too much. <laughs> 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 I tell the story every November, 18 times for different <laughs> reporters. But anyway, we're going to talk about writing a novel in 30 days doing the NaNoWriMo challenge. During the discussion, you'll have to excuse Sam, who will probably be breathing into a paper <laughs> bag at the mere thought. <laughs>
2: That is true.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: give her a lot of wine next week. She'll be like, "I'm drinking two bottles tonight." <laughs> so, until next time, this is Sam. And this is Lonnie saying, "If you can't write for money, then write for wine."
1: Yay! Bye.
0: Will Write for Wine is brought to you each week by Lonnie Diane Rich and Samantha Graves. Be sure to hit the website at wheelwrightforwine.com where you can find great links to everything in the show, news about what the girls are up to, and links to great cafe press merchandise like t-shirts, hats, and mugs. I like the apron myself. Also, don't forget to friend them on MySpace at myspace.com slash Wine. Music provided by the good folks at the Podsafe Music Network, music.com podshow.com And if you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends. And go vote for Lonnie and Sam at Podcast Alley. Or write a glowing review at iTunes. Remember, there's good karma out there. Vote for them at Podcast Alley. Come back next time as Johnny Depp's Soulmate. Or perhaps Colin First. Mmm. Ring any bells. Or, you know, the, the soulmate, whoever does it for you. You get the point. Anyway, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time right here on Will Write for Wine. It's little things of little things Trying to get down on my caffeine consumption, so when I get up, I just have
1: one cup of coffee, and I like to have another cup of coffee with my breakfast, and on the way to work, I like to get a cup of coffee.